Welcome to an enlightening podcast from IslamPodcasts.com. We encourage our listeners to please comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please remind your family and friends to also visit IslamPodcasts.com for engaging discussions on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, Sira, and much more. إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهدي الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم أعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما أما بعد قال الله سبحانه وتعالى في كتاب الكريم بعد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم ولا تكونوا كالتي نقدت نقدت غزلها من بعد قوة أنكت أن كاثم تتخذون أيمانكم دخلا بينكم أن تكون أمة هي أربا من من أمة إنما يبلوكم إنما يبلوكم الله به ولا يبين ولا يبينن لكم يوم القيامة ما كنتم فيه تختلفون and do not be like she who has untwisted her spun thread after it was strong by taking your oaths as means of deceit between you. Because one community is more plentiful in number and or wealth than another community, and Allah only tries you thereby, and He will make sh- He will surely make clear to you on the day of resurrection that over which you used to differ. Inshallah, today I wanted to address uh, a topic which is mainly the some of the issues which many Muslim youth are facing today, uh, specifically be, you know living in a non-Muslim country in the West, which has very different ideals from Islam. And I wanted to give my perspective on it because I think that this is an issue which isn't really given as much attention as is needed by the Ummah right now. And it's something which I, I have a bit of a pessimistic view on it uh, that some people think. But this is something that I see through my own experiences in college, interacting with other Muslim students, with the MSAs, and with all sorts of events that are going on. And the reason that I really want to address it in this way is because I feel very concerned about the future of the Muslim Ummah. Uh, and I hope that from this we might be able to better understand some of the issues that are kind of arising in our communities and what needs to be done to deal with them. Primarily, I want to discuss this movement I've seen amongst Muslim youth and really amongst Muslims overall in the West, that uh, it, which is to personalize Islam, to say that Islam is whatever you want it to be, whatever makes your heart content. Uh, you define for yourself your relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what, which of the hukum that you take and that you leave, because that is what you feel most comfortable with. That maybe you feel like you don't need to do, do salah because it's too difficult for you, so you throw that part of Islam out. Or that you feel that some of the things which are haram, they shouldn't be haram, so you indulge in them. And some of the things which you should be doing, you're far, you neglect them because you feel that they're burdensome, or you feel like they'll ostracize you. Or maybe you just never knew about them, and you, you didn't have this uh, mentality established that these are the far that you have to fulfill uh, to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
There's a quote that uh, from a conservative intellectual in Princeton University, Robert George, which really struck me and that kind of pushed me to give this khutbah as well, which is he said, it's foolish to suppose that what is embraced in politics will not affect what happens in religion. If Muslims embrace the dogmas of secular pro progressivism, even for tactical reasons, their children will be Muslims in name only and their grandchildren will not be Muslims at all. And this is something that we should all be very alarmed by because this is a reality that we are facing now, where we have Muslims who are born and raised here and they're being raised with this secular mindset. They're being pushed into this sort of minority uh, mind frame where you see that we, you know, there's not many Muslims around, so we have to change to fit the ideals of everybody else. We have to appease to all of the non-Muslims, the Kafir, the Jews, and the Christians to fit in with them. Otherwise, we can't be successful in this country. And it's too much concern with this dunya and too much concern with fitting in when it's okay for us to be different from them. And in fact, we should be different from them. And this kind of movement that, you know, we haven't totally abandoned our Islam yet, but we make it whatever we want to be. From there, we start to lose some of the fundamental tenets of Islam. You begin to disregard the validity of the Sharia. You begin to discredit the tenets of the fundamental Aqidah itself, because once you say that you define what Islam is and not Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you've already uprooted the Aqidah and you have, uh, you're not uh, really respecting the authority of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in your life anymore. And it's also really destroying the concept of an ummah because if everybody has their own Islam, then what is it that unites us? There's nothing left if we don't all share the same common Aqidah and we follow the same Sharia. Norman bin Bashir reported that from the Hadith of Rasulullah that the Muslims are like one body of a person. If the eye is sore, then the whole body aches. And if the head aches, then the whole body aches. And this is something that I feel like Muslims who are born and raised here are kind of missing. They don't see this aspect. Many of them, if you ask them about the issues that are being faced in the Muslim world right now, they will have no idea. They don't know that Muslims are being massacred in China. They don't know that there are Muslims being lynched in India. They will completely ignore these issues and they will only be thinking about uh, Western politics and they feel very uh, like abnormally attached to these ideals of liberalism because they feel like we kind of fall into that bucket of a minority group which they often play on that uh, that principle. In another hadith, Rasulullah said that the people will soon summon one another to attack you as people will, uh, when eating in, when eating, invite others to share their food. And someone asked, will that be because our, our numbers are small at that time? And Rasulullah replied, no, you will be numerous at that time, but you will be scum and rubbish like that carried down by a torrent and Allah will take fear of you from the breast of your enemy and last enervation into your hearts. And someone asked, what is wahin, enervation? And Rasulullah said, he replied, love of this world and dislike of death. And this is the state that the Muslims are in today where obviously we have so many Muslims. There's two, easily two billion Muslims in the world today. We are completely disunified. We are completely divided. And a lot of this is due to the, the ideas that are being pushed onto us by the kuffar. And it's really starting to show with more and more generations growing up in these very Western ideology dominated societies that these are starting to overtake Islam in some aspects of our lives and we are beginning to lose some of that princi the principles of Islam which we should be implementing to these secular dogmas. And a major cause of this, as I mentioned, is that minority mentality. We feel like we have to fit in, we have to prove ourselves to everybody. Everybody has to like us or else we can't be successful. And this, this is what is naturally beginning to cut Islam into pieces and throwing some parts out, leaving some of the more spiritual aspects in because those are the parts we feel like it's okay for us to keep and everything else we throw away. And even there, what is left of the spiritual aspects, we begin to distort it because we feel like 
Islam needs to be like the other religions. Islam needs to be vague. It needs to have all these different branches and be open to every person feel uh, interpret it however they feel like interpreting it. And this is what begins to manifest itself in compromising of your sharia, compromising your aqidah, compromising your iman. It was narrated on the authority of Ibn Umar uh, that Rasulullah said that whoever imitates a certain people, he becomes one of them. Likewise, Rasulullah said, narrated by Abu Huraira, that a man follows his friend's religion, so you should be careful who you take for friends. And this is kind of what's happening right now, where we are obviously the minority in this very non-Muslim society, and we are we obviously interact with non-Muslims on a daily basis, but we have to take care to surround ourselves with the right people and to take note that just because we live in this non-Muslim society, we don't have to be like them. We have to hold strong to our aqidah and what Islam really is in order to avoid really losing that iman and bringing the wrath of Allah, the displeasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon us. It's also said, you know, every day in the Quran, we say in Surah Al-Fatiha, اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين that we want the path of those amongst who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has bestowed his favor is the path which we are asking him for not those of those who evoked his anger which are the Jews or those who have deviated from this path which are the Christians and unfortunately Muslims today they're trying very hard specifically with these two groups the Jews and the Christians to be overly friendly with them to be as much as we can be like them and you can see this manifesting itself in many of the interfaith efforts today. Where you know, I, I'm sure that many of the Muslims who are leading these programs, they have good intentions in their heart. But we have to stop and question whether the effort is really for da'wah, to call these people to Islam, or whether it's so that we can really appease to them and try more to be like them and coexist. And obviously Islam encourages coexistence. But the main idea is not just that we are content with them. You know, we should uh, we should be trying to bring them to Islam and not trying to copy them. And this is strictly uh, prohibited by Rasulullah in several hadiths where he tells the Muslims, you know, trim your mustache and grow your beard. Don't be like the Jews. Do not be like the Christians. Do not imitate the kuffar. And we know very clearly from the Quran and the Sunnah what the fate of these other nations are. We know very clearly what the mistakes they have made. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has told us in great detail in Surah Al-Bayina. And Bayina itself means the clear evidence. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَمَا أُمِرُوا إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُوا اللَّهَ مُخْلِسِينَ لَهُ الدِّينَ حُنَفَاءَ وَيُقِيمُوا الصَّلَاةَ وَيُؤْتُوا الزَّكَاةَ وَذَلِكَ دِينُ الْقَيِّمَةِ إِنَّ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا مِنْ أَهْلِ الْكِتَابِ وَالْمُشْرِكِينَ فِي نَارِ جَهَنَّمَ خَالِدِينَ فِيهَا أُولَئِكَ هُمْ شَرُّ الْبَرِيَّةِ And they were not commanded except to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala being sincere to him in religion inclining to truth and to establish prayer and to give zakat and this is the correct religion indeed they who disbelieved amongst the people of the scripture and the polytheists will be in the fire of hell abiding eternally therein and those are the worst of creatures and so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has and, and in many other places in the Quran and Sunnah as well has told us about the mistakes which the previous nations have done to which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent the true message and they neglected it they distorted it and it's, it says very clearly in this ayah that it's not just the the you know the kuffar the polytheists the people the idolaters who will be in the fire of jahannam. It says very clearly wa ahlul kitab the Jews and the Christians will be among them too. So why is it that we try so hard to be like them, to copy their religion, to make our religion seem more like theirs when we know exactly what they have done to the messages that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has sent them and what their fate will be for that? Another cause of this issue, I think, of this uh, distortion of the aqidah and Muslim youth 
and this loss of the fundamental tenets of the Sharia is just a lack of knowledge amongst Muslim youth as well. The aqidah must be established very firmly because if you don't have that concept of La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah really ingrained in your heart and in your mind, then you, it's very easy for you to deviate. It's very easy for you to begin to ignore the, the rules that you should be following. It's easy for you to ignore the fard and to not feel guilty about committing the harams. And there's a hadith uh, narrated by Abu Sa'id al-Khudri, Rasulullah He said, Verily you will follow the path of those before you step by step and inch by inch. And if they enter the hole of a lizard, you would follow. And we said, O Messenger of Allah, do you mean the Jews and the Christians? And the Prophet said, Who else? And this is exactly what we are doing right now. Many of the mistakes that the previous nations have made, we are not heeding those warnings. And the effects are beginning to show. One of these mistakes is the glorification of the scholars. There's many scholars out there who are really pushing different political agendas and many Muslim youth are kind of being inclined to just trust anything that a scholar says without looking at the dalil, looking at any evidence, looking back to the Quran and Sunnah. Just because a certain person has said something, they take it as the truth. <coughs> but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, اتَّخَذُوا أَحْبَارَهُمْ وَرُحْبَانَهُمْ أَرْبَابًا مِنْ دُونِ اللَّهِ وَالْمَسِيحَ بْنَ مَرْيَمَ وَمَا أُمِرُوا إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُوا إِلَٰهًا وَاحِدًا لَا إِلَٰهَ إِلَّا هُوْ سُبْحَانَهُ عَمَّا يُشْرِكُونَ They have taken their scholars and their monks as lords besides Allah and also the Messiah, the son of Mary. And they were not commanded except to worship one God. There is no deity except him and exalted is he above whatever they associate with him. And we've really followed this path now where you know, we are taking, unfortunately, some of our scholars as lords and taking whatever they say as, uh, as the truth and whatever they say is haram, we take that as haram. So even when they say things which are very clearly outlined in the Quran to be haram, we have many scholars now. Uh, one of the issues I see very uh, often on campus is Muslims kind of push that there is no such, there is no such thing as um, homosexuality being haram. And there are many scholars who are supporting this movement too. And they're pushing their own political agendas. And now that, you know, we have these very bizarre terms of being a gay Muslim, which makes no sense. It's such a paradox. And really, it's just a, a loss of the connection from the youth to the Quran and Sunnah and looking to that evidence and how they base their lives. Another aspect of the mistakes of the previous nations, which we are unfortunately following, is also distorting the truth and just kind of leaving the fundamental tenets of Islam out for the wayside and saying they're open to interpret however you feel like. In the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, the example of those who were entrusted with the Torah and they did not take it on as, uh, is like that of a donkey who carries volumes of books. Wretched is the example of the people who deny the signs of Allah and Allah does not guide the wrongdoing people. And how can we say that we are not following this mis exact mistake? When we are the nation which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has deemed the best nation, we have all of the knowledge which we need in the Qur'an and the Sunnah, and yet some of us are really being like the donkey who carries the books. It has no value from any of this knowledge that they carry. They don't even look at it. They just decide what Islam is for themselves, ignoring all of the history, all of the revelation. And if Islam was so subjective, and it didn't matter what the Qur'an and the Sunnah said, then why do we even have a message? Why did Rasulullah go through decades of suffering from the Kuffar in Mecca, he fought so many. So many of the Sahaba became shuhada. Uh, Bilal radiallahu anhu. He was tortured to, and he refused 
to renounce the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and uh, you know, claim the gods that the kuffar were asking him to. Similarly, uh, Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal, he was tortured and imprisoned because he refused to compromise on this idea where they were telling him that the Qur'an was created and he refused and he told them, no, the Qur'an is not created, it is the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why would any of these great figures in our history have gone through so much pain, so much suffering to preserve the message, to uphold the Iman, to uh, you know, really uphold Islam and keep it the way it is so that we are Muslims today? If it didn't matter, if Islam could have been whatever they felt like making it to be as long as their hearts were content. Because that's not what Islam is. Islam is subjecting ourselves to the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and following exactly what He wants from us in order to please Him. And so the, the real issue that I think is that today the youth need to better adhere to the Qur'an and Sunnah. And as, as I said, it's both a lack of knowledge and a, a lack of a really solid aqidah in the heart and the mind to lead Muslims towards the truth today. In the Qur'an, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, اليوم أكملت لكم دينكم وأتممتم عليكم نعمتي ورضيتم لكم لكم الإسلام دينا. This day I have perfected for you your deen and completed my favor upon you and have approved for you Islam as your deen. The Quran is not missing anything. We don't need to look to other religions. We don't need to look to the texts of previous nations. We don't need to look to democracy or secularism or concocting new ideas from our own minds to find guidance and rulings for the things that we do in our daily lives. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has provided us with everything we need. And rather, if we properly establish the aqidah, then we can follow the Qur'an and sunnah, and we will find the answers to all of the problems that we deal with in our life. In the Qur'an, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also says, قُلْ إِنْ كُنْتُمْ تُحِبُّونَ اللَّهَ فَاتَّبِعُونِ يُحْبِبْكُمُ اللَّهُ وَيَغْفِرُ لَكُمْ ذُنُوبَكُمْ وَاللَّهُ غَفُورٌ رَحِيمٌ قُلْ أَتِعُوا اللَّهَ وَالرَّسُولُ فَإِنْ تَوَلَّوْا فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يُحِبُّ الْكَافِرِينَ Say, O Muhammad, if you should love Allah, then follow me. So Allah will love you and forgive you your sins, and Allah is forgiving and merciful. So say, obey Allah and His Messenger, but if they turn away, then indeed Allah is not like the disbelievers. And this is not something new, obviously. It is a very clear obligation on us to uh, follow the Sunnah in all aspects. And part of this is educating ourselves on the Sunnah and the Hikam that we should be following. In the Quran, it's also said, لَقَدْ كَانَ لَكُمْ فِي رَسُولِ اللَّهِ أُسُوطًا حَسَنَةً لِمَنْ كَانَ يَرْجُوا اللَّهَ وَالْيَوْمَ الْآخِرَ وَذَكَرَ اللَّهُ كَثِيرًا Indeed, in the Messenger of Allah Wasallam, you have a good example to follow for him who hopes in meeting with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the last day and who remembers Allah much. I just want to also kind of emphasize this idea that we as Muslims, we are not in any condition to make rulings out of our own minds. We are provided with rulings in the Qur'an and Sunnah and we are supposed to extract rulings from there because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has provided us the answers for everything. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says very clearly about the people who kind of want to make their own decisions. وَمَا كَانَ لِمُؤْمِنُ وَلَا مُؤْمِنَةً إِذَا قَدَ اللَّهُ وَرَسُولَهُ أَمْرًا أَنْ يَكُونَ لَهُمُ الْخَيْرَةُ مِنْ أَمْرِهِمْ وَمَنْ يُعْسِ اللَّهَ وَرَسُولَهُ فَقَدْ ضَلَّ ضَلَالًا مُبِينًا It is not for a believer, man or woman, when Allah and His Messenger have decreed a matter that they should have any option in their decision. And whoever disobeys Allah and His Messenger, he has indeed strayed in a plain error. And so it's a very clear warning from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He has laid out the clearest possible sharia that, we, that He could to for us to follow. And for any of us to develop our own rulings out of that or uh, to kind of concoct our own interpretations of what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants from us, there is a severe punishment for that. And lastly, I wanted to end with another uh, Part of an ayah, 
where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and this is something we've all heard before. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, indeed, if you turn away, he will replace you with another people, and they will not be the likes of you. And so I, the, obviously, Islam itself, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protects the message, regardless of how much, uh, you know, we, even if all of us try our very hardest, we will not be able to distort or destroy the message of Islam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has protected the Quran and the message of Islam. But my fear is that we will be of these people who will be replaced if we don't do a better job of teaching the youth or establishing a strong aqidah in the youth and teaching them the Quran and Sunnah, teaching them the Sharia that they should be following and teaching them which direction they should be trying to, the path that they should be trying to follow and which path they should be avoiding. And inshallah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make us successful and we will be the people who are the best for uh, the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and establishing Islam in our lives so that we are not the people who are doomed and replaced by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. أقول قولي هذا واستغفر الله ولي ولكم ولسائر المسلمين فاستغفروه إنه هو الغفور الرحيم بسم الله والحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم وبارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم عز الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم عز الإسلام والمسلمين وأذل الشرك والمشركين ودمر أعداء الدين وحمر حوزة الإسلام يا رب العالمين عباد الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعيدكم لعلكم تذكرون أذكر الله العظيم يذكركم واشكروه يزدكم واستغفروه يغفر لكم واتقوا يجعل لكم من أمركم مخرجا وأقيم الصلاة. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran tafsir, and Sirah are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes. Rate, review, and comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe. Share and tell a friend about IslamPodcast.com.